The Chief Information Security Officer or CISO is the executive responsible for an organization's information and data security. Now, according to IDG's 2020 Security Priority Study, 61% of surveyed companies have a CISO, though that rate goes up to 80% for large enterprises. For many parts of Asia, however, the responsibility typically tends to fall into the CIO as the CISO role or CISO role tends to be too few of them far in between. In today's podcast for future CIO, we speak to Ian Cruxton, Chief Security Officer at CallSign to talk about overcoming the most common CISO pain points in Asia. Ian, thank you for joining us at podcast for future CIO. Thank you very much indeed, Alan. Delighted to be here. Now, specific to Asia, what would be the top three CISO pain points today? How are these being addressed? So I think um, first thing to say is I think um, when you say specific to Asia, so much of this is a global challenge. The way in which we operate, the environments in which we operate, I don't think there's anything which is necessarily unique to Asia, but there is certainly additional emphasis in, in some areas. So from my perspective, from what I see in particular, I think the speed of technology evolution is a real challenge presents an obstacle to overcome in terms of ensuring that we can secure systems and ensure that we've got appropriate management around data against what is a really quickly evolving backdrop. The nature of technology evolution, agile development, the need and appetite for features, uh, all pressure on secure by design policies and processes. So maintaining that organizational discipline and ensuring that processes are in place to make sure that the security uh, element of that does not fall behind, I think is really, really important. Secondly, I think the competition for and retention of skilled individuals in a highly competitive job market is a real challenge for everyone at the moment. We are competing in Asia for personnel. The reality is that there is a wealth of talent, but there's also huge demand, which is uh, across the whole of the landscape, and that's a, a real issue as well. And then from a, a purely cyber attack perspective, the increasing levels of ransomware attacks in particular are a real concern. What we do know is that the adversaries that we face don't stand still. They are constantly looking to evolve their tactics. I don't think anyone uh, who operates in this arena was particularly surprised by it, but the speed with which malicious actors took hold of the opportunity of the pandemic to utilize that as a means to introduce a different flavor, a very topical, a very current flavor, playing on the fears of people, to use that as an attack vector was really, really interesting. So I think those are some of the pain points that I would see currently. Is something being done to improve the outcomes or to help ease these pain points that the CISO has? So I think the really important thing, so if I go through those, certainly in terms of the issue of uh, how does security keep pace with the rapid evolution of technology, that has to be down to a range of different responses. So first and foremost, you have to ensure that security is embedded into software development processes. So we've taken the active decision to shift left from a call sign perspective to ensure security is designed in from the outset, that we are involved in signing off on product development and ensuring that we have process standards that have to be adhered to throughout that uh, software evolution phase. In terms of the competition for and retention of staff, I think that is going to be a problem that's going to be with us for some time. We can see that people are being educated in that space, so there is a big investment at the front end in terms of uh, young people recognising that technology is an environment 
they need to work in. But in terms of the really strong niche skills from a security perspective, that's something that we see as being a continuing challenge for us. And in terms of ransomware, obviously so much of that is about investing in good standards within the business from the outset. So we like to think that we have got good protection in place against ransomware-related attacks. We train our people, we equip our people, we test regularly or what the response would be to a ransomware type attack. So if we were faced with that, how we convene our crisis management capabilities, the decision-making processes that we would go through, and how quickly we could restore our services in the event of that kind of an attack. So there are things that we can do and need to do, but nevertheless, the problem with this, which is not unique in this area, is that the challenge continues to evolve. The bad guys, unfortunately, don't stand still, and that's something I'm familiar with from my background as well. Some people actually said the the bad guys are a lot more coordinated than we are. <laughs> Let's talk about the skill sets. You mentioned uh, you emphasized that right at the beginning. Now, to address the, these pain points, what's an ideal complement of expertise and qualifications that the CISO needs to have to be relevant to the situations we are in today? Yeah, so as I mentioned at the start, Alan, so I'm the Chief Security Officer for CoolSign. So I, I actually don't hold the title of CISO. And part of the reason for that is that I don't come from a deep technology background. So it's interesting. So one of the concepts from the answer is, do you need all those skills in one individual? Bearing in mind that if you hold all of that wealth of skills in one individual, you also create a potential point of failure if that individual decides to take up one of these attractive offers in this very helpful, volatile job market that we've talked about. So I think there's some issues there. There's a challenge that we all have to set ourselves about resilience and continuity in the event of placing all that skill reliance in one individual. But in terms of the kind of skills that are, I think there is a broad range of skills that are needed here in, in the, the modern environment. I think the first thing is you need somebody who has got a strategic outlook on how to manage security within the context of a commercial business. So it's very important you have people who can understand this is about a balance. Security can be offered at a very high level, but the price of it is likely to actually stifle the ability of a business to succeed and thrive. So it's very important that you have somebody who has the skills and insights to understand that this is about sensible and pragmatic choices to allow a business to succeed whilst defending and protecting the value of that business to the best ability that it can. And that, that's about calibrating risk appetite. So I think that's one of the really important skill sets for a CISO is to be engaged in those discussions and to be able to reach into the board where necessary to help them to calibrate where that appetite might need to sit. Obviously, for a CISO, if that individual is able to, to have very deep technical knowledge as well, then that's a huge benefit and experience uh, qualifications in that environment. But the important thing is that the business has those skills rather than necessarily that it has to be embedded in one individual. Uh, and that does also bring that opportunity to, to spread out some of the equities that you've got uh, across the business and allow people to learn from each other as well, which I think is a really important point. But if you say that some of the functions of the CISO needs to be moved into the business side, if you have a, any organization that's a conglomerate, multinational, with multiple lines of businesses everywhere, does having multiple CISO-like capabilities across the, a business complicate the issue of coming up with a single unified security strategy that protects the organization, keeps it compliant to whatever regulations each of the business units must conform to to do as part of their business? 
So I think it's a really interesting point. We work with some of the biggest banks in the world. Many of them have uh, CISO functionality sitting at a very senior level. But actually, when you look at it, and if you then drive it into the skills and the structure, they actually have exactly what you just described there. So they have pockets of this capability, this skill set operating across the business. So the really important thing is about how do you ensure that you're operating collaboratively, that you work as a whole entity rather than in a siloed approach or a siloed mentality. And I think that's where, again, the risk is in placing the emphasis on a, a purely the title of a role. It sort of misses some of that subtlety and the importance of that and the need for people to be able to work across a business as well as in a vertical line. Is reporting to the CIO the best option for the CISO to address or to fulfill uh, his or her uh, goals or <laughs> responsibilities? And if not the CIO, who is the best person to which he or she should be reporting to? Yeah, again, I, I, I sort of feel like I'm, I'm being slightly uh, an anarchist in this space. But so, for example, within CallSign, I have a, a chain of command, but actually, from a security perspective, ultimately, I can report straight into our CEO who chairs our board and chairs our executive committee. So if I need to, I can go straight to the heart of the business, to the most important and most senior decision maker in order to ensure that I can raise the legitimate security concerns that I might have. Hopefully, it won't surprise you to know that that's something that I don't think I've ever used in the whole time that I've been with CallSign. But it's there, the opportunity is there, and I have regular catch-ups to just clarify the fact that those reporting lines are still open. So, as I say, at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to dodge the question, which I'm not, I think it's overly simplistic to uh, select a title and say, is it important to that individual, without understanding for that business what the context of the role and responsibilities of the CIO is as well. So um, I come back to the point I made earlier. I think it's less about titles and more about real clarity about who has responsibilities and who is accountable for what within the business. And I guess that's where the real crux of the matter is. It's accountability as opposed to just having the so-called responsibility. Fair enough. Okay. Let's talk about best practices for a CISO to be effective in his or her role. What would they, these be in today's context, in today's uh, environment where ransomware seems to be too common and uh, the, the pace of change within the, uh, the dark web seems to be way, way faster than all the security professionals within the, the enterprises can seem to catch up. It, I used to say it feels like an escalating warfare that doesn't have an end as far as uh, dealing with cybersecurity issues or security issues for that matter said there is absolutely correct. I'd love to think that there is a, an end to this and that we could eradicate it and remove it. But I think all the evidence points towards that not being the case. And as I mentioned earlier, I actually come from a law enforcement background, uh, working at the international level. And this mirrors many aspects of law enforcement as well, which is that you have threats that constantly evolve, they constantly change. And keeping pace with that is challenging because you have adversaries who are operating in an unregulated space. They aren't bound by legislation, good practice, national or international boundaries. And you have a response which is often having to work within, whether it be legal boundaries, which of course we have to operate within, uh, regulated boundaries. There are things that you do in the UK from a law perspective that you can't do, for example, in, say, uh, Hong Kong or 
in Indonesia. So there are real issues and challenges there that businesses to a degree obviously have to operate in that ordered environment and the adversaries that face are able to operate in an unordered environment. So there's, there's always a tension between those two things. But in terms of best practices, uh, the, the crucial things are you have to keep doing the basics really well. So the sort of the brilliant basics, right, really good, solid, secure code to ensure that your systems are well patched and well configured, manage the people that you bring in. So from our perspective, we spend a lot of time and we invest a lot in ensuring that we bring people in, firstly, that we can trust, and secondly, that we equip them with the skills to ensure that they don't become a threat to the business because of negligent or reckless acts as opposed to anything malicious. So that's all about how you invest in your people, how you allow your people to grow, and ensuring that they are equipped in the best way to protect the business. Because if, if you rely just on the, a few individuals, whether it be the C so CIO, CSO, whoever else, then you're lost. You know, the truth is you've got to take your people on that journey with you, the employees that you've got, and then ensure that you've got systems uh, in, pl- in place to back, back that up. Earlier, I mentioned that there are very few CISOs in Asia. At the same time, you came back and said that ideally, parts of the responsibilities of the CISO should be brought down to the business functions to a certain degree to, or the business units so that, because your assumption is they, they know more about the business, the environments that they live in. So that's well and good. Now, what sort of, and we talk about a little bit about accountability, what sort of responsibilities and accountability can we put to the business unit or delegate? to the business unit in the performance of a CISO role or part of a CISO's role? So I think maybe um, maybe I didn't explain myself entirely clearly when I said that. I wasn't necessarily suggesting that we push responsibilities right down within mm-hmm. the business. It was more a case of an organization, if an organization has two or three people who have the requisite skills to cover off those bases, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a rigid system whereby one of those persons is designated as the CISO and one has to then be the CIO who they report into. It was more in that sort of territory. But, um, but I mean, nevertheless, coming back to the question, because it's a valid question anyway, uh, again, within Corsair, we work really hard at defining responsibilities, accountabilities. As a result, we think that we have clarity about who has the leadership role and the ownership of managing and delivering against critical accountabilities within that. There are opportunities for doing that, but you do need to get yourself organized to do that. How do we ease the pain points as we go forward, given the condition that we are in, the the state of the markets where we are in? We've got COVID pandemic, so we've got a lot of restrictions in terms of the mobility of people. At the same time, technology continues to evolve. Security used to be done from a central space within an organization, whether it's your NOC or your SOC. It's all controlled from a central point of view. Is that condition still valid given that today, for the most part, a lot of countries still have lockdown so people can't go to a a center where they could monitor security matters for the organization. And what's the ideal scenario for organizations in the interim as we continue to have the lockdown? That's a big question. Um, so certainly from our own perspective, so we have both a network operations center and a security operations center. In fact, we took the decision to build our own security operations center, which was, I think, a brave but also the right decision. And we're 
already seeing the dividends of that. All signs fortunate insofar as because we are a, a cloud-based business, we're, we're able to easily adapt to a dispersed operating model, and we have been able to survive that, albeit we are now in the process of, of coming back together as a, as a company as well into a more physically co-located environment. I think one of the important things that we've worked very hard on is getting all of our people to understand that they're advocates of security as well. You know, using every one of your employees as effectively a part of your security function in the same way as they are a part of the success of the business. So if we work on the basis that when we are successful in winning a contract or delivering a new product, we celebrate that as a business, reflects on the fact that all of our people in one way or another contribute towards that. Or similarly, we like to think that we do that in terms of the way that we approach security. Security, after all, whilst it doesn't add to the bottom line, a poor security operation can certainly take a massive amount away from the bottom line of a business. I think that's critically important for us is to use and ensure that we use all of our people uh, in that space. One of the other areas that we didn't touch on, but which is a real issue for us, is around the sort of the paradox that we face of utilising new and evolving technologies in a space where up until now we're operating against a legislative and sometimes regulatory back- backdrop that we that wasn't written for the purposes of the, the technology that it's now having to work with. And that's something that we're investing a huge amount of time and energy with. So because we utilize uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and utilize behavioral biometrics, amongst other things, we're having to constantly challenge ourselves from an ethical perspective as well about the use of the data that that captures and how we can ensure that that is appropriate and managed in a way which minimizes the risks, both from a security perspective, but also from a privacy perspective which we know is at the forefront of people's minds these days so I think it's there's a real challenge for businesses in that space and one that we're really excited to be a part of. Ian thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Pleasure thank you Alan. That was Ian Cruxton Chief Security Officer at CallSign speaking to us on the topic of overcoming the most common CISO pain points in Asia. You are listening into Podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcast for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcast for Future CIO. Bye for now.